What's going on, everybody? We're back here for another episode of Trigger today on Thursday. This is episode number 55. And we're here without Matt today because someone Ooh. didn't find it important enough to, you know, make some scheduling arrangements. So <laughs> dental appointments are important. Yeah, but it can be made at times that are not inconvenient to the recording of the podcast. <laughs> but anyway, I'm not salty about it, clearly. So Mike is here. He's going to be co-hosting today, doing big things. I'll be big talking things. a little bit more today. We'll see. A little bit A more. lot more. <laughs> a lot more. All right. So still the big story is Jesse Smollett. Some people were saying Jesse this morning, so I still don't know how to say this <laughs> name. <laughs> what but, a mess. Yeah. So he's now been charged with a felony, a class four felony for filing a false police report, which is actually a disorderly conduct charge, apparently. Mm-hmm. One to three years in prison, if found hopefully, guilty. Hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully. But he could just get the fine. I mean, they may plead down. Yeah, $25,000 fine, I think. Yeah. So he should go to jail. Though. For for the amount of man hours that he wasted of taxpayer dollars, which could have been spent on solving the hundreds of homicides that they have every year in Chicago, which don't go reported and get nearly as much as press as this did. Right. And the police, was that the chief this morning? Superintendent. Or superintendent said the same thing. He's like... You know, let's talk about the murders that, you know, we've had that get no press coverage. But since this guy is a somewhat famous person, it was all over the news. Right. And so he apparently, before the attack happened, there was a letter he received with a white powder, which was aspirin. But the letter was written by him. Mm -hmm. He sent himself the letter. We didn't even know that before now either. No, we first heard that when people were talking about, oh, what was the possible motivation for... Like yeah. why he would even stage this hate crime in the first place. And it was reported that the two brothers he hired to basically be his alleged attackers told police that, well, there was this letter that the Empire Studios received. Mm -hmm. And everyone's immediate reaction was, oh, well, who's to say he didn't write that letter himself? Mm -hmm. And it was like the very next day, the brothers were like, yeah, he wrote that letter, didn't get enough attention. Yep. Had and to take it, it up a notch. And it was all one big hoax. And apparently he staged this all to increase his salary. Which is mind-blowing. Yeah, I still don't discount the fact that he had some social justice uh, motivations as well. But I guess we'll find out a little more now that, is he going to be questioned again? I don't know. Like I know they released him, right? Well, I think After he, the bond hearing? I, well, I don't know if he posted bond yet. Okay. But... They're going to release him. Oh, I mean, yeah. They're, well, they're going to have him. to talk to him again. And Yeah. So... Again, one big hoax, which I called from the beginning. I just would love to say I told you so. <laughs> Micah remembers in the office I said, this is bullshit. And everyone's like, oh, well, we got to wait to see for sure. I said, it's bullshit. Total bullshit, of course. And last night, CNN was having a meltdown while this was all happening. Uh, Don Lemon was like on the verge of tears. This this is the Don Lemon imitation here. Ready? <sighs> I, I just, you know, don't know. What would persuade him to do this? It's just like mind-boggling. <laughs> he was he was so visibly upset, and it was just amazing. I was loving it, and well, and then to be fair, I know Don Lemon has like his mm -hmm. issues, but being a personal friend of him, yeah, and then like, well, apparently he lied to him on the phone too. Oh yeah, directly. He, well, yeah. yeah, Don Lemon last night said he was texting a friend who was mm -hmm. with Smollett. And was able to talk to him, and Smollett relayed the entire story to Don Lemon. Yep, yep. And, I mean, Lemon, of course, is going to, like, believe it, but... Yeah, 
Yeah. But the problem that I have now is that all the CNN people are like, oh, well, we were skeptical. And I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. You were pretty ready to jump to conclusions. Oh, well, a lot of people were. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, who's that actress who went on Stephen Colbert's show? Mm-hmm. Ellen Page. Oh, yeah. She had a meltdown, too. And, like, blamed it on Mike Pence. Yeah, it was, it was Pence's fault somehow. Yeah. And the the problem that I have is they're just so ready to believe all of this, right? And then it comes out that it's a hoax. And then they're like, oh, well, presumption of innocence. You know, he's innocent until right. proven guilty. Where was that presumption of innocence for Brett Kavanaugh, right? Or, or even worse, they take it to the next level where, well, he lied, but this speaks still to a bigger issue of hatred from Trump supporters and all this uh-huh. other stuff. Yeah. Like, they still Those Trump supporters are still a bunch of racists. Right. It's like That's like what S.E. Cup was saying. The, the Trumpites who are gleeful at this news. Well, yeah, I'm gleeful because one... Who wants hate crimes to be happening in our country, right? right? Isn't that something to be happy about, that this wasn't an actual hate crime? And then two, I'm happy that it's being exposed for the fraud that it is. So, yeah. yes, I'm very happy, Essie Cup, the one who pretended to be a conservative and then stabbed us all in the backs, like usual. CNN has a lot of those people over there. But I guess they, you know, they sell out their souls to be brought into the cool kids crew, apparently. We, uh, we know about one of them. So, oh boy, mm. Where, that got bleeped. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, secondly, other big story here, and I can't even believe that this is an argument or a debate that that we're having. So there's this this from Alabama, <laughs> and she goes and leaves the country to go over to Syria or whatever hole in the Middle East she wanted to go to, which was the ISIS caliphate at the time, and she burns her passport, mm-hmm. right? And says that Americans should be killed. Yep. So, in what world is that not, even if she was a citizen, which is in doubt, but allegedly, who knows what the hell's going on there. She could be a citizen, could not be. Even if she is a citizen, doing that, in my books, is a renouncement of your citizenship. Oh, for sure. Agree 100%. And you should may not be treated with due process. You should be treated as an enemy combatant. And if she wants to come back to the United States, sure, we'll send her to Gitmo. Yeah. That sounds like a great idea to me, but we're not we're not letting her just go back to Alabama to resume her life as an American, which she's not an American anymore in my book. She's a terrorist. But President Trump told Mike Pompeo, no, don't let her in. And it was <laughs> tremendous. And now she's not going to be allowed in. But she's a daughter of a Yemeni diplomat. I have to look that up. It was one of the Middle East countries that we've been having some strife with. But if you want to join a terrorist organization, you should lose your citizenship, period. Yeah. That's like, Agreed. I don't know why that's even a debatable thing at this point. And some people on the left are like, oh, well, everybody makes mistakes. This that, isn't just a mistake. Uh, yeah, this is joining a terrorist organization yeah. and committing war crimes and... Yes. Yep. And aiding and abetting terrorists, that's not a mistake or a, an oops. Yeah, Exactly. And what did she say? She said, I hope that I can come back and undergo some kind of therapy mm-hmm. to There's make no up for therapy my ex- that will deconvert you from being a terrorist. Yeah, that's not how that works. It's called Gitmo <laughs> and torture. Uh, I don't know about <laughs> Which the I know you don't part. endorse, but I love torture. I don't know about the torture. Micah part, does not endorse torture. I endorse the shit out of torture. But I mean, Hook honestly, her up to the car if battery. We, if we brought her back and then put her in a cell, fine. But I just, I don't even know why waste your time. She's not even worth it. Let her just chill over there. You know, they should tell someone in the refugee camp she's an American and doesn't then see she what have happens. A, doesn't she have a kid too? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, great mother, right? I know. Become a terrorist. 
So, <laughs> but it's just unbelievable that no, some no on the sympathy. left are willing to be apologists for terrorists. And like, oh, I know who was it? It was Doctor Zudi Jasher was on Fox mm -hmm, and was mm -hmm. like, I don't know why people or attorneys choose to defend like yeah. radicalism like this. Yep, and of course, care. Yep, came to her defense. The Council of what is American American Islamic Relations? Yeah, which is a terrorist organization in itself for its ties to the Muslim Brotherhood and a bunch of other terrorist organizations around the globe. They are apologists for terrorists, especially the so-called Palestinians, which don't actually exist. You know, that's not really a thing. Anyway, <laughs> diatribe over there. Let's move on to the Mueller probe. Mueller probe's now going to be supposedly ending for the 7,000th time. Yeah, I was going to say, this is like, how many times have we talked about yeah, the Mueller so, probe coming to an end? But apparently this is... the this so far is the most solid indication that they've had, you know, from a source, quote unquote source. You know, mm -hmm. he, I sometimes hate those sources, but they hopefully are telling the truth that this is about to come to an end, which it's about damn time. Yeah. We're, I, mean, I am so, you know how I feel about the Mueller investigation. <laughs> I mean, maybe we should bring up some of the old clips. I think <laughs> all of our listeners know. Yeah. So, I mean, it's unconstitutional and it should be ended. And now we have our new attorney general coming in, William Barr. And apparently, he, it looks like he made the ultimatum, like, if this isn't going anywhere, it needs to be shut down. It's extra constitutional. It's, there's no oversight. It's, the, the special counsel is not the fourth branch of government, as much as some Democrats would love it to be at this point. So, and, and then they're complaining about the report. Well, well, Barr said during his, the Senate Judiciary Committee hearings, you know, you know whatever report there is whatever the law or like the regulations are mm -hmm. for that. He's like, I'm going to release as much as I possibly can. Like, right. Right. He, he wants to be transparent about this. Some of it's still classified. Right. You know, so, so, and, and no matter what, when, whatever Mueller says, whether it's nothing, which is what I expect it to be, or whether it's something, no one's going to change their mind. Right. Because either it, you know, is exculpatory for Trump and the left won't believe it or, it shows some sort of, you know, quote unquote, damning evidence, which I don't think they'll get to that point anyway. Even if it shows something, it's going to be all very circumstantial and like, you know, so and so met this person and then an hour later had this meeting and this and this. And oh, my God, Paul Manafort had a business lunch at a cigar lounge with a Russian businessman. Holy shit. It's not like he was doing international business the whole time and that's what he got in trouble for. But either way. I don't think there's going to be a big change and it's just going to come to an end and it's going to be done. But now you have the Democrats on the Hill who, you know, Adam Schiff says that he wants to, regardless of the conclusion of which Mueller reaches, he's going to be investigating the out of the president. Let's uh, why don't we investigate him to see what his ties to Fusion GPS are? Because that's a story that hasn't been reported. Did you know that he had a meeting in Colorado with Glenn Simpson? I did not know that. Yes. And that was right before one of the hearings in which his line of questioning was eerily similar to Fusion GPS and what the dossier, the fake dossier, was alleging. So it's all tied together. Everyone says, oh, the deep state's not real. The deep state is real, and it is very deep. Cavernous. <laughs> it's a cavernous state, not just a deep state. But another great news out of the Attorney General's Department, the Department of Justice, Rosenstein, that snake... Is finally going to be gone. I think he's planning to leave around mid-March. Mm -hmm. And he still doesn't want to talk to Congress. 
I wonder why. Could be his illegal coup that he was plotting with Andrew McCabe on behalf of Jim Comey. It's just unbelievable. I feel I feel like Alex Jones here, but this is this is like real. Shit. This is happening in our country. Maybe he was ahead of the curve. Who knows? It's a mess. The chemicals in the water are turning the freaking frogs gay. Oh. Remember that one? That was a classic. Oh, I could have used that to lead into another segment. What? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So we could we could talk about that next. So the other day, President Trump tabbed Rick Grinnell who's the U.S. ambassador to Germany and is doing a tremendous job, by the way. Absolutely one of our top diplomats should 100% be Secretary of State one day, and I hope that happens greatly, especially if Mike Pompeo goes to run in Kansas for the Senate seat, which I heard is a possibility. Really? Yes. So if he does leave Mike Pompeo, which I love Mike, but if he does leave, Rick Grinnell would be an excellent choice for Secretary of State. Anyway, so he's spearheading this new initiative to get Countries across the globe who are, you know, criminalizing homosexuality, essentially, and sentencing those people to death for their quote-unquote crimes. Right. So, the left, out of nowhere, who supposedly tabs themselves as the party of tolerance and intersectionality and we love everybody, they're somehow against this. They say that this is the play of an old white racist yeah. I, Can you I don't believe get it. that? I know we've said before, or people have said before, Trump could cure cancer. And there'd That's be what so, I said, yeah. And there'd be something to criticize him yeah. about. And yeah. He says the sky's blue. They say, oh, no, it's brown. It's brown. It's got to be brown. I didn't even waste my time reading that article from the LGBT magazine, uh-huh. which headline was, decriminalizing homosexuality is an old racist tactic. Yeah. I didn't the ones to say, to oh, yeah, it. President Trump's this old it's, white racist, and whatever he does is evil. I'm like, yeah. okay, first off, President Trump is the first president to come into office who recognized the right of same-sex couples to marry. The first one. Everyone says, oh, Obama's this great, you know, social justice warrior savior. He was against gay marriage until he was for it. Classic Democrat move. So President Trump comes in as the first, you know, pro-LGBT president that we've had, which, you know, we're not going to get into the T because the T is where they lose me, but... <laughs> not not discussing the T today, but the LGB part, he has done great things to advance equal rights for same-sex married people, for gay people, all over the globe, and this is one of those things. And the left opposes him on this while saying that they're the party of LGBT? It, it's bizarre. There's like 70, I think it's 71 countries mm-hmm. around the world, primarily mm-hmm. in the Middle East and yeah. Northern Africa. That- and that takes us into our next part of this segment, which is... How do the Democrats potentially square up the fact that they embrace the Islamic religion, right? They mm-hmm. say that they're tolerant right. of, you know, Islamists and, and all that stuff. But they also say that they're the party for women and gays. Right. But that doesn't match. Oh, because in not. many Middle Eastern countries, women can't drive. They can't go to school. They don't have basic rights. They can't vote. They throw gays off of roofs. As punishment for being gay. Iran executed or publicly hung a mm-hmm. gay man in January, yep. which yep. Rick Grinnell condemned. And Yeah. I would just love to know how they can possibly say that, you know, they're the party of acceptance and tolerance and social justice when they can't square that up, right? No. And some of their congressional people, such as Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, 
who are devout anti-Semites. I would love to know their thoughts on this. Oh, they probably won't talk on about gay it. people. Yeah, no, they won't talk about that because they know that their constituents are against that. So, please lecture us more on the party that's trying to take us back to the past because I would really love to see them try to make that argument. That's going to be a good one. So, <laughs> got off track there. Next was the Covington student. He's now suing the Washington Post. Two hundred fifty million. Yeah, you shoot high when you're going for damages. Well, supposedly <laughs> so you could settle in a nice range. I think that's reportedly what Jeff Bezos of Amazon paid to buy Washington Post. Oh, nice. Well, fun little fact. It was only two hundred fifty mil. Damn, that's a that's a profit center right there. I'll, I'll make sure. To, <laughs> I'll look at that. Real Probably quick. why he doesn't want to pay his. Uh, his workers a fair wage, right? He's so so such a champion of liberal causes, except, you know, they don't want to pay the Washington Post reporters. They pay what, five million dollars for a Super Bowl ad, which could have paid salaries of ten reporters for ten years, I think it was. Something like that. So Yeah, two hundred and fifty million for the Washington Post. Yeah. So and I don't know how I feel about this, because one on one hand, the Covington students who were just totally demolished by the leftist media in this country and as part of that hoax which was also another hoax bringing it full circle here they were demonized by the left you know these evil white kids smirking in their hats and their mega hats they're racist all of that but i don't know how i feel about being able to sue for something like that because it brings into the debate the public figure question right in this internet age, who is a public figure? Because it used to be the public figure meant like politician, rich businessman, someone that's well-known, you know, entertainment, that kind of stuff, right? Right. Well-known household names was, was what public figure used to mean. But now, with the internet and the way that the social media mob reacts to every little thing, are you a public figure if something like that happens? I Maybe it's a, that's a question that has to be taken into account before like the story happens. Mm -hmm. For example, before he wasn't a public figure. That's true. Yes. He was made a story. Mm -hmm. And I would agree with that standard, which yeah. would mean that he has good grounds for this. Right. Which and is, Dershowitz said that he has good grounds. Yeah. I think that'd be my position on it. Because I wouldn't want to be like, I'm some average guy maybe going to get lunch or something. And mm -hmm. then for some reason, my face ends up all over the front page of newspapers. Right. When that was never my intent, and no one knows, like literally no one knows who I am. I'm a student or yeah. a kid. It'll set a precedent for sure. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I mean, Clarence Thomas, I was reading, has has had some interesting stuff on libel law. So, But this is part of the bigger media picture, right? Is that the mainstream media and the left-wing media, which is the mainstream media. Last night, some New York Times reporter was tweeting about how CNN hired Sarah Isger Flores to be like the deputy director of the political coverage for the 2020 campaign, which this is the first time that CNN has hired anyone even remotely conservative to be a part of the political news process. Right. And the CNN people apparently are demoralized by this. <laughs> They're demoralized that somebody would any have any sort of questions about what Planned Parenthood does or have any sort of conservative beliefs whatsoever. And I'm sure, so it's it was an anonymous, you know, two sources say that many CNN staffers are demoralized. Bet you one of those is Humpty Dumpty, Brian <laughs> Stelter. He's been uh, 
little little down in the dumps the past few days. So, and I'm hoping that she just totally all over him, which is unlikely to happen because she's not going to upset the apple cart either. Because remember, cool kids club. That's what they got <laughs> going on over there. And but they're they're demoralized over the fact that someone with even remotely conservative beliefs, which she's not even really that strong of a conservative. She's you know pretty conservative, but. Everyone changes their views once they get to CNN because, you know, you got to get in line. But the fact that they're just demoralized over this shows how insulated the left-wing media bubble is. There, the New York Times, the guy tweeted about how she's a Republican going to be leading election coverage. The entire New York Times is a wing of the Democrat Party. Like, how do these people, they're just so insulated in a bubble. They think that normal Americans care about things that normal Americans don't care about. And I was just having this discussion the other day with one of my friends about how, you know, everyone freaks out about Russia, Russia, Russia. Most normal Americans don't care about that. It's not even close to the top of their concerns. They care about how they're doing, how the economy is doing, how the economy is going to be for their kids and the next generations of this country. And it's just like they're totally off base with where their priorities are. And that's New York. That's Washington. It's the bubble out here. Anytime you leave Washington and go into real Virginia and talk to people, they think that things are going great. And they watch the news. Yeah. So. Well, then there's some people who just don't watch the news. Like, yeah. I know people yes. who, like, I was their source of news information. Like, mm-hmm. where I have people, like, if I share something on Facebook or social media, they're like, oh, yeah, like, I hadn't seen this until you shared it. It's like some people just don't care. Like, right. Or the what the mainstream media is reporting, they don't care to listen to anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're getting tired of it. So, and I have I have a buddy who worked for Fox News and worked in the past tense and went into you know a different line of work now because you know he had it with politics essentially because it was just too much. And he said he doesn't watch the news anymore. Right. So once people are not in this business, they rapidly lose interest in the you know outrage of the day. Mm-hmm. So. That's and that's an interesting aspect, and that's part of the reason why Trump won is because people don't care about, you know, every little thing happening every day. They care about the big things, right? And they care, according to a new poll, about the rise of socialism in this country. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to our next topic. It does flawless, flawless, uh, perfect transition. Yes, exactly. So the socialists on the left now are dragging the party to the left, right? Everyone on the left is always like, oh, the Republicans, they got so radical. We didn't get radical. We've had the same conservative positions for a long time here. Yes, Trump's antics are somewhat radical because we got tired of losing. (laughs) And it worked, clearly, because he's president. And they're not, which is what kills them. I love when he says that. He's like, well, you know what? I'm president and they're not. So clearly things worked out for a reason. But the, the socialist initiatives coming out of the left, so Bernie is the one that popularized all these, right? Yep. And he's kind of a victim of his own success in the fact that now he's this old white dude. They don't need him anymore. They have his ideas. Well, that's also another thing, like we talked about the inconsistencies with the Democratic Party when it comes to intersectionality. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bernie Sanders, old white guy, mm-hmm. been around forever. The only reason why they like him is he promises all the free stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just and it it is it's all bizarre. it's it's free stuff that they promise to people who don't produce for our economy. It's we're paying for the free stuff, right? <laughs> for example, in the 
the Green New Deal and that frequently asked questions section or whatever that got released. It was taking care of people who are even unwilling to work. Yeah. Which was <laughs> unwilling to work. If you're able-bodied, you should be willing to work no matter what. Right. Whether it's a job or not. We need people to produce in this country because we're moving towards this free, you know, model now. Like up in Jersey, they're giving away college tuition to illegals. They're giving scholarships to illegals. That's tax dollars of hardworking Americans. And I'm sick of all this like, oh, yeah, we got to make college free. No, you don't. Let's just run down the list here. Okay, I won't do this list. Yeah. <laughs> you got to make college free. No, you don't. Because then you flood the labor market with people who have bachelor degrees who shouldn't. It's, by the way, an aside here, it's shocking that Ocasio-Cortez has a degree in economics from, I think it's Boston University, one of them up there in Boston. They should be ashamed of themselves that they conferred a degree upon that moron. I can't believe she thinks she has a degree in economics. She doesn't even know how a McDonald's works. But anyway, <laughs> she, they also want to eliminate tuition at four-year universities if family income is 125 k or less. I think my family would have qualified for that, which is crazy to me because my family would be able to afford to send me and... The problem that I have with all of this is when they design these criteria, it's yeah. never fair. No. It's never fair. It's not across the board fair. And, you know, I didn't get helping me besides some, you know, academic stuff. Right. But no need-based scholarships. No. When arguably my family is just as needy as anyone else, mm -hmm. right? College isn't cheap. It's one hundred fifty to $200,000 now. It's not cheap. So if you're going to do that fair and give grants and stuff based on merit, okay. But just because somebody, you know, you think they deserve this free money. People work hard for their tax dollars. And that's just, that pisses me off big time. So that's the whole free college bullshit. And some Dems on the left are even like, well, that's unattainable financially, like Amy Klobuchar. Yeah. But that's why she's going to lose the nomination. If you don't line up behind that, you're pretty much effed. Medicare for all, which is like the 30 to $40 trillion boondoggle. I mean, we've talked a lot about that. Do you really want government running your health care? Not the way they run. I see them running everything else. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you think it's going to be better? I mean, people in Canada have to wait months for an MRI. If I really need an MRI, I could call up a place and probably go get one today here in America. Because America is great. It's being made great again. Right, Micah? Right. Trump train 2020. You're going to vote for Trump in 2020. I can guarantee you now. Well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Know. See, he just said <laughs> yes. Probably That's getting it. there. Put it in the books. We're saving that for the tape. <laughs> um, so Medicare for all. The $15 minimum wage. Again, a lack of basic understanding of economics. It's just a total lack of understanding because you raise the minimum wage, gets more expensive. The McDonald's here across the street has kiosks that you order on because now they don't need to pay someone to do the cashier. They pay people to cook. What was the recent story that came out that some restaurant or something had made their minimum wage mm -hmm. $15 and then people were losing their jobs? Yeah. And the left was like, what the heck is going on? And we're like, we told you exactly, yeah. this would happen. It was in New York. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we said this. Yep. We saw this coming. That's how you kill jobs. That's how you stifle economic innovation and opportunities. And, and moving up the ladder is by making a $15 minimum wage. But the minimum wage is supposed to be in line with, like, prices of products right and the minimum wage job is not meant to be providing as the sole job for you know your income yeah if it's that was not the case everyone would have a minimum wage job. no yeah exactly exactly it's not meant to be like if i can like, live off success of, yeah 
if I can live off $15 an hour or whatever the minimum wage mm-hmm. they want it to be, and I can labor at like McDonald's, mm-hmm. why would you do anything else? Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't incentivize moving up. And like, if you want a minimum wage job, you have minimum wage skills. That's basically just how it works in this country. So they also want to tax the rich and not just tax the rich on their income, tax the rich on their assets. Mm-hmm. What's already been taxed, they want to tax again. They want another piece of that cheese. And the effects that that would have compounding of of the loss of assets and the income on those assets, the calculation is insane. It would remove trillions of dollars in productivity from our economy. And But that's what they want here. The socialists want us to become like Venezuela. They want to break up all the big banks. Well, sometimes I can I can see that being the case, but other times having a big bank like that with that infrastructure protects them against failing. It's the too big to fail argument, which not great. Didn't work out for us too well in 2008, but the fact that we consolidated down did end up saving our economy and combining and, and consolidating the liquidity ended up saving the economy. And there's a good documentary on HBO about that. It, I think it's called Too Big to Fail. It's kind of like a docu-movie about mm-hmm. the financial crisis and how, you know, Bernanke and all them, they work together to, you know, figure all this shit. Or not Bernanke. Um, no, it was Bernanke, right? I forget. I don't know. You were so young. You were like, what, 10 years old? In 2008? <laughs> yeah. Or no, 12, 12. 12 or 13. Oh, okay. 12 <laughs> or 13. I was already in high school. <laughs> um, they're against Citizens United which is the fundamental right of the individual to use their assets and their dollars as political speech, which is like a huge thing. And they want paid leave, right? They want paid family leave, which is, that kills me when they want the taxpayers to pay for somebody, you know, to take not just maternity leave, which I can understand, but paternity leave. When the fathers take paternity leave, that's like, I could see a couple days, I could see a week, but weeks and weeks and months, people have businesses to run here. It's just unbelievable. And then the last part, which is just, you know, political points of the left, gun control and open borders. You open the borders, you flood in the illegals, you take all the guns away, and then what do you have left? The government. Yeah. That's the model. And then anarchy. Yep, that's the model. And then, so that concludes my rant against socialism for the day. <laughs> but I, I say it again, this is the fight of our generation. This is like the fight against communism. Socialism is is here. It's creeping into mainstream political thought. Thanks to Bernie, that son of a b- screw him. Although he did raise a lot of money in the last uh, forty eight hours since he announced. It's so crazy. It's interesting. Like, within the first, what was it, twelve hours yeah. or something like that, he raised three point three million. Which is really just going to finance his fifth and sixth homes. You know, he already has four. Drives what? Uh, I think he drives a nice Audi that's like one hundred twenty five thousand dollars. The socialists always live well. Yeah, yeah. But he far outraised everybody else who's announced so far. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if he gets the nomination or yep what happens because I think he'll have the most money. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna get the nomination. Old white dude. The only old white dude that's getting the nomination is gonna be Biden if he has a ch- if he gets in, which yeah. I think he will. But and that leads us into our next talk here, twenty twenty. So Vegas is always right. As a betting man, I can tell you Vegas is usually spot on in their predictions. In their odds, so they've they've released updated odds now for the 2020 election on who's going to win and be president in January of 2021, and they still have Trump as the very heavy favorite to win re-election, and 
the next crowd down, so Trump is three to two. And for those of you that know what odds mean, then you know you'll understand that. Kamala Harris, eight to one. She's second here. Beto O'Rourke, ten to one, who hasn't announced yet, but he probably will soon enough. Joe Biden, twelve to one. Bernie Sanders, fourteen to one. And that's what I think the top rung of contenders on the Dem side is. Then you get into Klobuchar, Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, Kristen Gillibrand. That's the second tier. If Michelle Obama were to run, she would be probably first tier, but I don't know that she's going to. And then you have all the, you know, bottom feeders, uh, Sherrod Brown, Michael Bloomberg, Tulsi Gabbard. Interestingly enough, Hillary Clinton's all the way down at 40 to 1, so they're thinking that she's not even going to run at all. Which would be smart. Well, yeah, I mean, the third time's not the charm for her. She'll lose again. Say maybe they finally learned their lesson. <laughs> She'll lose again. Uh, okay, so here in Virginia, Ralph Northam, Mr. Blackface Coon Man himself, he uh, was supposed to do this reconciliation, this racial reconciliation tour around the state, and hear the concerns of African Americans and all this. So his first stop was supposed to be today at Virginia Union University, which is having an event to honor those who conducted a sit-in in Richmond for uh, for civil rights against segregation. That's a little awkward, don't you think? Well, yeah, because they told him he better not f- dare to come to their event, and he had to basically issue a statement saying they don't want me there and I'm not going to go there. Didn't he invite them to his house? Yeah. Oh, you mean you mean the plantation? <laughs> you mean the plantation in Richmond? Apparently, the governor's mansion looks like it's still back in the uh, 1800s. So I, I've never been inside, but I heard it's you know, very. Uh, I haven't seen the movie, but I think Matt referenced it. Django. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, serving white cake in the parlor. <laughs> I actually just watched that movie recently, but yeah. So Ralph Northam is still the governor. Refuses to resign, even though he wore blackface. And just another example of the double standard of the left-wing media. That story has just basically disappeared now. Well, and same thing with the Attorney General, Mark yep. Herring's yep. blackface. His blackface and, then, and alleged rapist, yep. Justin Fairfax, the lieutenant governor of the state. It was all mutually assured destruction. All yep. three of them have a scandal, so now all three are not going to resign, which is great for us Republicans here in Virginia because we have a general election for the Assembly this year. And then last but not least, looking forward to next week, President Trump's second summit with Kim Jong-un will be held in Vietnam. He's going to have spent more time there than Da Nang Dick, that's for sure. But <laughs> uh, So that's Wednesday and Thursday, which will be, the summit will actually occur Wednesday night into Thursday, I believe, which is what happened last time because they're 12 hours ahead of us. So that's going to be really interesting. There's rumors that they may declare an official end to the Korean War. So instead of just the... Uh, ceasefire that holds right now will have a full peace treaty, so that should be interesting. And they'll try to continue the denuclearization. But people are about, you know, North Korea is still marching ahead with their nuclear program, which they probably very well are. However, they're not running the tests that they need to make sure that these things work. So that's a big victory there. Hopefully, they can get some more concessions. We can move forward with this. But either way, when President Trump took office, we were on the brink of war with North Korea, full-blown war on the Korean Peninsula, which would have resulted in the deaths of probably millions of people. And now we're somewhat calm. So people can all they want about this. It's not like where President Obama handed Iran billions and billions of dollars and said, here, go build a nuke on this deal, which has no verification procedures. So, but yeah, that's about it for today's episode. 
That's a pretty good conclusion. Yeah, yeah. Mika. Ended on a good note. Mika coming in strong here as co-host. <laughs> um, thanks for all those giving us love on iTunes. We really appreciate all the five-star ratings and reviews. Uh, you can review us on there, Podbean, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts at, sometimes on Spotify as well, sometimes has good listens. Uh, shout out to all those in Texas, our number one listening state. Shocker there. <laughs> I may have to move to Texas once Virginia goes fully blue. But um, Aren't we going to have a new uh, podcast section on yeah, Townhouse website? Was, uh, way to steal my thunder. I was just <laughs> about to say that. So we just launched our new podcast section on Town Hall. You can find us on there as the featured podcast. You could go to Triggered Podcast. Dot com and it will take you right into the section. You can listen to all the episodes there. Follow us on social media at TriggerTHM on Twitter and Facebook.com backslash TriggerTHM. We'll catch you next week on Tuesday. See you then.